All right, listen, we're going to go ahead and get started, basically because we had a great time of worship and a little bit of prayer, and um, I already talk fast, so I'll try to talk fast, but I want to make sure we get out of here in a good amount of time this morning. I'm so excited. Listen, it is a privilege for me every time I get the opportunity to preach um, from this position, because I, I speak a lot on Wednesday nights with our youth. I, they get to hear me all the time, but any time, she just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to take that personal. Um, but it's such an honor to get to speak in here with you guys and, and just to be able to minister to you. I really count it a privilege and an honor and something that I am thankful that Pastor Jeremy gives me the opportunity to do. And listen, I am—I have to tell you, and first I'm going to do this. It's going to sound crazy to you. But are you already recording the message, Curtis? Okay. I'm going to say hi to my Uncle Gary in Oklahoma because he listens to all my messages online. <laughs> And he always shares them on his Facebook page. And so I just want to say hi to him, and I love him. And you know, listen, let me tell you something. Our messages are online. And so if you miss a Sunday and you think, gosh, I really would just could use an encouraging this word this week, I just go on the website and listen to the message and be encouraged. I hope it encourages you. But today I have a message titled Keeping in Step. Keeping in Step, not a step team. If you know what a step team is, that's definitely out of my wheelhouse, and I will not be um, talking about a step team. Um, but I am going to talk about keeping in step today, and I want to read a passage of Scripture for you, and it's going to be on the screen, and we're going to pray and just kind of get into the Word today. We're going to be looking in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its, passive, with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Can you say that with me? Say, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. And today I just pray that you would come and speak to our very hearts and souls, that each and every one of us would hear and receive what you would have to speak to us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I don't, I have very little rhythm. Um, very, very little. Now, when I stand near people who have rhythm, I'm good because I can clap on beat with them. But if there is a rogue person nearby me who is off of the rhythm, then I struggle to be somewhere in between, okay? I have a hard time kind of staying in rhythm. Now, I don't know about any of you, and she's not in here, so I'm going to totally talk about her again, but Miss Tammy Bishop, who sits right here, she is a very um, short lady, okay? Her legs are not very long. 
But I promise you that you cannot keep up with her walking somewhere, okay? Because I have tried many times to walk with her down this hallway, and as she walks, I feel like I am running, and I am just trying. So I cannot keep up with her. It is impossible to keep in step with her. And whenever we get to our destination, I feel like worn out a little bit and like I've run from one end of the building to the other because I can't walk with her. The same would then be true of somebody who is tall, right, when you are not. And their steps are just larger than yours, right? So you're just like trying to keep up. It is hard to walk in step with someone. Now, do I have any three-legged race champions, right? I have no doubt about that. Matthew Varghese said he probably won one. I have no doubt. Listen, that is hard to do when you tie your leg to someone else and you have to get in that rhythm of walking in step with them, right? That is difficult. And then when you add a race and you're running, it becomes even more difficult to do, right? And it's just a challenge. And let me tell you, it has nothing to do with athletic ability. It has to do with being in sync with the person who is next to you, right? Because you can have two all-star athletes out there. You could put Usain Bolt with that Justin Gatlin guy, right? And they, they're faster than any human in the planet. But you tie their legs together, they may just be on the floor. Meanwhile, me, I may just be cruising on past with somebody, right? It's hard to walk in step with someone. We've all heard that phrase, we march to the beat of our own drummer. And let me tell you, Sometimes that seems good, right? And then there are other times where we need to realize what the drummer is playing. Because if we're marching to a beat that is not led by the Spirit, we're all out of whack. And we're going to find ourselves tangled in a mess on the floor rather than getting to the destination that we need to be in. And so we have to learn to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And what's so crazy about that is in this little passage of Scripture, we have a very clearly, it lays out kind of what is to walk in the Spirit in step and what it means to walk out of the step with the Spirit. It kind of maps it out here for us. But before we can walk in step with the Spirit, we have to know who the Spirit is and where it is. So I want you to look with me, if you can, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. These are just two of my favorite little scriptures, because to me it sums up what the Spirit is. Because let me tell you, I, I grew up in a charismatic church all my life. And for so many years, the Spirit was what happened when we had a rowdy service. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? If it was a rowdy service, people would say the spirit really moved, right? And so I struggled with understanding what that means, right? But that is not what the spirit is about. This is what the spirit is. It's not something that stirs things up. It's something that keeps things in step. And so listen to what this scripture says. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So who keeps us standing firm with Christ? God. Not your church, not your friends, not the books that you read. Who keeps you standing firm with Christ? God does. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, I 
love this because it talks about a seal of ownership. We don't use seals really nowadays, wax seals. I use them on my wedding invitations. Probably still a tender subject for my husband, so don't, don't, don't ask him about it because it was about like 200 invitations where you drop the little wax, right, and then you put a little seal on it. I was before Pinterest, guys, and I still had to have it, right? We know what that means, but that was a, a seal is a mark of ownership. It signifies that this belongs to you or that this is your word. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the moment that we accept him, it says he puts his spirit in us as a sign of ownership on us. But not just that he owns us. It says it is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. How many of you know you don't put a deposit down on something unless you guarantee that it's going to come? None of us are putting a deposit on a vacation that we do not plan to take, right? And let me tell you, once you put that deposit down, you will for sure pay the rest of it, right? You will remind yourself every day, vacation, vacation, vacation. (laughs) I got to pay that. I got to guarantee that that's coming, right? When my husband and I got married, we were poor. We, we aren't much beyond that, but we were really poor then. And <laughs> but I, I picked out the ring because I like to control things. <laughs> I know some of y'all don't laugh too hard about that. But I picked out the ring that I wanted, but we were poor, so he put a down payment on it, right? And then he would go in there and pay it. So I knew what kind of ring I was going to get. The only surprise was, was when I was going to get it because it was going to be when he could pay it off, right? But he put that deposit down on that ring knowing that he was going to go get it because we knew that we were going to get married and there was something to be guaranteed with it. So when you look at this and see and understand that God put his spirit in you as a deposit because he sees that your life will have a good return. He sees that you are a good investment. Your life was worth him putting a down payment of his spirit into you because he knows that good will come from your life. He guarantees that. It's something that he sees as a good investment. So he's putting his spirit in you so that you can then be in step with him so that as you are in step with him, you can guarantee that you are going to get where you need to go. And listen, we live in a day and age that wants to play up purpose and passion, right? It's all about your passion. It's all about your purpose. Let me tell you, sometimes we put so much emphasis on that that we forget that you can live in passion and purpose every day of your life right where you are. Whether you are a teacher or a doctor or a nurse, whether you are a waitress or a waiter, whatever you do, you can live with passion and purpose and in step with the Holy Spirit right where you are. He didn't put his spirit in you so that it would hide out until the day you were given a platform to stand on. He put his spirit in you so that every day of your life, you could walk in the guarantee that God has good things for you. Every day you could walk in step with him. But we have to look at that first part of Galatians (laughs) where it says, what is obvious that is not the spirit. Now, before some of you get nervous, I'm not going to go into all of those in a lot of detail. I'm just going to leave it to you to kind of know what some of these things are. 
And if somebody around you doesn't know, check in with them, okay? But what I want to get into is I have two points today. Number one is called obvious, and number two is called but. Not two T's, just one, just to be clear. Number one is called obvious because it says in Galatians chapter 5, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Now, they are obvious when you are walking in step with the Spirit. You have to have the Spirit for them to be obvious. We cannot expect that someone who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and who does not walk in step with the Spirit, that they will have and know what is obviously not the right path for them to go down, which is why it is important to every single opportunity we get that our children are receiving an impartation of the Spirit of God and that they are receiving a knowledge of what the Word of God says and that it's being poured into them on a daily basis because we want the things that are not of the Spirit to be obvious to them. We want it to be obvious to them. I heard this great little phrase. This woman said, the Holy Spirit in me recognized the Holy Spirit in her. Let me tell you something. I want our young people to have such an awareness of the Holy Spirit in them that they recognize the Holy Spirit in someone else and know that that is who they can have a connection with. But they also have an awareness of who the Holy Spirit is not in so they can make sure that they don't create a bond with someone who does not have the Holy Spirit in them. So we have to make sure that as they are learning about the Spirit that these things are becoming obvious to them. We cannot take it for granted. We have to know that they are hearing the word of God. Now listen, there's a lot of things in here that it talks about being obvious, but there's a little thing that kind of stuck out to me, and I thought, but we live in a day and age really where things aren't necessarily always obvious. And it's easy because some things are more visible than others. And you read those first few words, and you can be say, well, that doesn't apply to me, <laughs> right? And then you can gloss over the second half of that. But I want you not to miss that it says hatred and discord and jealousy and fits of rage. Because sometimes that's not so obvious. We live in a difficult, difficult time. And the past few days have been difficult. But let me tell you something. It is still obvious by the Spirit of God that hate and discord and jealousy are not in step with the Spirit. And that fits of rage are not in step with the Spirit of God. So let me remind you of these couple of verses today that I believe are such a backbone for a multicultural and multi-generational church. Acts 17, verse 26. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has predetermined their appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. He has made us from one blood. Revelation 7, 9, I looked and behold a great multitude of all nations, tribes, and peoples before the Lamb. I heard this little great phrase from a friend in Memphis, and I don't know where she got it, and she said, heaven is white supremacy's hell. Let me tell you something. Churches like ours with interconnected lives, they are an enemy to the enemy himself. 
Because in this house, when one of us suffers under the weight of fear and justice, we all suffer. So let me tell you something. It is not fair that our young African-American men have to operate at a different standard than others. It's not fair. And we as a church that are together understand that, that if you are suffering and if your children are being treated differently than my children because of the color of their skin, that is not in step with the spirit of God. And it is not in step with this church and it is not in step with where we go and it won't be. So I promise you, we can't do a lot in our oneself, but as for me, as for this church, what do we say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as this church goes, as it has always gone, and as it will always be, when one of us suffers under the weight of fear and injustice, all of us suffer. And so we must remember that fear, that hatred, that is not in step with the word of God. And the word says that it should be obvious to us. So if we find ourselves in a position where the suffering and unfair treatment of others is not obvious to us, we need to check our spirits. We need to check our spirits. So if the things that have happened over the past few days and the the hate that has spilled out onto the streetways and have taken lives, if it has not caused you pause, if you have not seen that hate and been uncomfortable by it, then you need to check your spirit. On a large scale, but also as us as individuals, we need to know, we need to not let the obvious become downplayed to us. When I find myself frustrated and when I find myself being given over to a fit of rage in my own life about even the things that are petty, I need to remember it's not in step with the spirit that lives inside of me. Let me tell you, this is not about condemnation. And listen, young people, a lot of people like to look at you because you're young. Let me tell you something. It's not about condemnation to say we shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. It is about wanting you to walk in step with the spirit for the purpose of being all that God has called you to be and having that not be hindered by things that should be obvious to us. Let it be obvious. The only thing that we should be angry about is when we see other people who are suffering. Jesus turned the tables over, right? Because people were forsaking his house. And when one of us is treated unfairly, that is a mistake and a blemish on God's house and on his people. So let us remember to keep in step with the spirit. So don't let us get so focused on what seems obvious. Because let me tell you, right, we can see other people and be like, well, it is obvious that you are doing something you should not do. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Let it be obvious in our lives. And this is not about condemnation or bringing or having us be so focused on sin that we can't think about anything else. It's that if we want to walk in step with the Spirit of God, we must look for the things that will obviously pull us out of line with Him. But then we get to point number two, and that is but. I'm taking some Old Testament classes. They're super interesting and a little bit fry in my brain. (laughs) But what you begin to realize as you study this, 
but the Hebrew language is, is so different, and so really translating the Bible was a challenge, right? So you see a word like but, and it can be easy to gloss over that word, right? We use it so much. Um, I want to go to Los Portales, but Jeremy doesn't want Mexican food for the eighth time this week. Okay, we get that, right? That happens a lot, just saying. But when we look at this word, but, it's a significant word because, listen, this one is starting a sentence, which for you English teachers, know, you know, like, we are not supposed to start a sentence with but, okay? But there's a significance to this here. This word, but, starts a sentence. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. So what does the word but mean? It is an interruption. It is a halting It means a change in direction from where you were before. So I am walking this direction, but I am halted. I was going down a path of rage, but I was turned around. I was going down a path of immorality, but I was walking into a relationship, but there's this but that happens here that shifts and changes direction. But the fruit of the Spirit is. And then we have this lovely list that so many of us have probably had embroidered on a um, table runner or a kitchen towel. You know, sometimes the hardest decision was to, what fruit do you put um, self-control on because it's a long word and where does it fit? And we, we tend to, because it uses the word fruit, to diminish the fruit of the Spirit to the likes of grapes and apples. The fruit of the Spirit is not talking about a fruit you put on your bowl in your kitchen table. It is talking about the evidence of the Spirit. It is evidence of the Spirit in your life. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, we know it. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, this is what I love. There is no law against this. <laughs> right? No one is going to get you in trouble because you show gentleness. (laughs) Against these things, there is no law. These are good things. In fact, it's everything that we need to keep us in step with the Spirit. Now, every school year, to me, August is a January. Because when you've been in education for a long time, January is nothing but the start to a really long spring semester. So it's like, what are my resolutions? Get to May. I don't have any other resolutions in January, but get to May. So for me, August, right? I use a school planner. It starts in August. This is the start of a new year. And for so many of our young people, this is like a fresh start for them. They're going back. And for so many of ours, they've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit this summer that has really transformed and changed them. And now they have to walk back in to a place. They have to walk back into the first part and all the while remind themselves, but, 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 right? Got to go in their head. This is normal, but everybody, but, right? And I hope that they have some friends. There's a group text with some of our girls, and they, they, it's, they have a funny little name for it, but really it's about but, okay? It's about re- rewinding, getting ourselves back on track. 
where we're supposed to be. We need to be aware of that butt, and we need to harness its supernatural, transforming, turn us around, get us back on track power. Love has power. Joy is power. Peace is power. Patience is power. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they are powerful. So students and people alike, we all get pushed and pulled and pulled in a hundred different directions. But we have to remember that the force of our life is the spirit. So let me tell you what this means. I just took my shoe off. It's not what it means, but it just happened. Let me tell you what this means. It means last year I did not keep up with my homework and I basically failed math. But patience is mine this year and I will overcome this. It means my spouse is making me want to lose my mind and throw them out the front door. But love and if it's not feeling like it's really doing the drill, drill right now, kindness, gentleness, I need you in my life. So listen, those if statements that we seem to bank our future failures on, right? I've never been good at math, so it means I will fail this year. I've never been able to keep a healthy relationship, so it means this one will fail too. I've never been able to get control of this area of my life, so it means I'll never be able to in the future. We have got to change those statements to but statements. I've never been able to have a healthy relationship before, but the faithfulness of God has taught me to be faithful. The goodness of God has taught me to be good. The kindness of God has taught me to be kind. I have never been able to follow through on this job where I am at to get to the place where I could earn a promotion, but the self-control of the Holy Spirit inside of me will help me to reach that place where I need to go. So instead of having statements that are because statements, now now we are going to have to have but statements. I have never been confident enough to go out and introduce myself and make friends, but the peace of the Spirit will help me walk in confidence. I have never been able to stay true to my walk with God, but the self-control of the Holy Spirit will lead me and guide me this year so that I can make better decisions than I did in the past. That little word, let me tell you, if you've never thought you would hear a whole message preached on the word, but today it's happening, but the Holy Spirit inside me changed the direction of my life but the Holy Spirit and let me tell you our world right now is in need of a complete turnaround transformation because let me tell you something they may not have the spirit in them but I don't know if any of you um, have ever watched those little videos that called you might not remember, but dad saved your life. And it's a whole compilation of like little kids like running into the street and dad, whoop, and you know, and these dads, it's like a second sense, right? Because they can be looking and having a conversation right here talking to somebody and their child is about to fall to their death. And all of a sudden dad's just like, whoop, whoop, 
and pull them back in place, right? It's a miracle, really. And I've, I've seen it happen with my own children that all of a sudden you catch them with one arm and it takes place. And let me tell you, we may not be able to turn this world around on our own, but if enough of us are walking in step with the Spirit, then when things start to go crazy around us, we can reach out and help to bring these things back into control. When someone around you is filled with hate and disgust and racism, and they begin to spiral out of control in your presence, you have enough of the Spirit in you to put that in check and back where it needs to be. You have enough strength in your walk to put it back. When you have a friend who could be on the verge of making a life or death decision, there is enough spirit in you to grab a hold of them and to help them keep in step. Let me tell you, as a youth pastor, sometimes that feels like that is all I do some days. It's like, whoop, nope, not going there. Uh-uh, no, no, no. I sent them all a picture this week of Kevin Hart going, looking like this. And it said that face your youth pastor makes when she finds out you're dating someone. Because that's me. You're dating who? I'm sorry, I'm going to need access to all of their Instagram accounts. They will add me as a friend on Facebook or I will embarrass them, right? Because I know that I need to allow the Holy Spirit in me to come alongside them. And we need to work together to pull ourselves in, right? Hold me back, bro. We all need somebody sometimes to hold us back. I've watched enough fights teaching high school to know that somebody always needs to hold somebody back. And so we cannot sometimes, with all the hope that is in us, we can't always stop the things that seem to be spinning. But we can allow the Holy Spirit in us. What did that word say? And it is God who keeps us firm in Christ. So everything else can be moving and topsy-turvy, but I am in step with the Spirit. So don't bring your crazy here because it's going to have to level out because my life is in step with the Holy Spirit. And I have a whole host of young people that are getting ready to walk back, and some of most of them have finished their first week of school, and they are going back into a place where, let me tell you, there are days it feels like you are navigating around those people spinning the plates, right? You're like just trying to move through it, and you just just trying to make it through. And I want the Holy Spirit in them to be so strong that they don't feel as though they are moving, but that they can stand firm and that they can help bring some peace to the people around them. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And if his spirit is strong enough to bring someone back to life, then it is strong enough to help me fight temptation. It is strong enough to crush a legacy of hatred that has been poured down from one generation to another. If the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, then it doesn't matter that no one else in my family has ever finished anything. No one else has ever accomplished anything. Nobody else has gone to college and seen it through. It doesn't matter. It's more than just that. The same spirit that lives in you raised Christ from the dead. You can do what you need to do. You can. So many of you sitting here are a picture of what the spirit of God can do and how it can be stronger. 
I'm going to embarrass him. It's okay. He doesn't embarrass easy. But Adrian and I have been in church together since we were young. I remember when he looked just like his son, Macon, <laughs> running around. But Adrian had people, teachers, teachers who told him he will never amount to anything. He's never going to be able to go to school. He was an excitable young man. <laughs> I don't know if you've met him. He still is. <laughs> but they spoke over him that he would not amount to anything, that he would not be able to do the things that he wanted to do. But you see, the spirit of God in him was stronger than what anyone else's perception of him was. And so the Spirit of God has kept this young man in step. And I, let me tell you, I know that there have been challenges that he has faced on this. It wasn't easy for him at times to sit and focus and study for a test that he didn't want to study for. Let me tell you something. There were challenges while being married and raising a family to keep focused and do what God had called him to do. But the Spirit of God in him gave him self-control greater than what he had given. It gave him patience. It gave him kindness. Let me tell you, I've never seen or heard him speak an evil or negative word over those people in his life because he's been kind. The Spirit of God has brought him to a place where he is not only doing what he wanted to do, but he is doing exceedingly abundantly beyond what he could ever ask or think. So let me tell you something, young people. When you feel like you cannot get through this class and that you are not going to make the grades to go to college, you go and ask Mr. Adrian to pray with you because he's a testament of the fact that the Spirit of God in you can get you further than you ever thought possible. It's the Spirit of God inside of us that keeps us in step with our future. One last scripture I have for us to read today in 1 Thessalonians 5 beginning in verse 19. I missed a call from unknown. Unknown has been calling me a lot lately. I should have put them on speaker and let them hear the word of the Lord instead of listen to them about the free vacation that they want to give me. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. That's a whole verse by itself, that one, because it's a significant point to make. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Let me tell you, I might just need to put that one on my memory verse list, those short little verses, because at some point, and every day this week, I'm going to need one of them. At some point, and look, my teachers are really not in their heads. At some point, I'm going to need to remember, do not put out the Spirit's fire in my life. 
Do not treat prophecies that say that there is good. Let me tell you what the prophetic word of God says, that he who began a good work will see it through to completion, that you have a plan and a purpose. It's not about just somebody laying hands on you. A prophecy is not just somebody telling you you're going to do great things in the future. The prophetic word of the Lord is he has a plan and purpose for your life, for I know the plans that I have for you. It's the word of the Lord telling you that you will have a family and you will have a hope in your life. Do not let the prophecy of the Lord be treated with contempt. Test everything and hold on to the good. Listen, hold on to the good because this world is full of bad. So let me tell you something. Yesterday when I was reading these news reports and seeing the awful things that were happening, you know what I held on into my mind? That while there may be hate elsewhere in this world, when I come to church tomorrow, I'm going to hold on to the good. I'm going to hold on to this family that breaks the waves and goes against the face of hate. I'm going to hold on to the good. You may need to tell yourself most mornings when you wake up, hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will do it. Hold on to the good. Avoid the evil. Avoid the obvious. Keep in step with the spirit and he will do it. We're going back to school. I started to sing back to reality. We're going back to school. I know for some of you it's been a long time since you've had to get up and think about going to school. But you still most days get up and go to work. You get up and go and do what you have to do. Colossians, it says, do everything that you do as if it was unto God and not unto man. So if, if we can realize that the mundane parts of this life are still meant to be lived in step with the Spirit of God. Even the boring things are meant to be lived out with the Spirit of God. The vocabulary words, the budget reports, the filing of papers, the up and down and left and right of a factory line, every single part of it is to be lived in step with the Spirit. It is love and joy and peace that governs my life. It is gentleness and self-control that I walk in step with. And let me tell you that as we begin to sow these things in our lives, they will have an effect on the people around us. As a teacher, I can tell you, it takes one class clown, one, one, to make a class crazy. I had a young man in one of my classes. He's a respectable adult with a family now, so I will not say his name. I see him from time to time. But when he was in class, he made everything difficult because he just was like a, a, just a jumping bean everywhere he went. He just was talking. He's the classic, you can't put me anywhere. I talk to everybody, kid. Like, it didn't matter where you put him. He talked. He moved around. That's all there was to it, right? And on some days when he was absent, I'd be like, oh, 
We're going to get something done today. Everybody, let's go focus, focus. We got a lot to cover before he gets back tomorrow. And we're on, we, we never know where it's going to go. Listen, that is not bad. That's just some kids. My dad was one of those kids. He used to tell me stories about his teachers always let him run errands. I'm like, they needed you out of the room. They needed you out of the room so they could get something done because you were that kid. It takes one person to change the dynamic of a classroom. We know that. But the same is said on the flip side of that. It takes one person with the Spirit of God in a workplace to change that environment. It takes one young person with the Spirit of God inside of them to bring a calm to a restless situation. It takes one person with the Spirit of God being in step with them to change the rhythm and the cadence of what's going on around them. So if all of us can get in step with the Spirit, the march of our lives will be begin to change the direction of what's around us. If I walk in step with the Spirit in love, then those around me will either get in line with me or they will have to go elsewhere. If I get in line with self-control, then everybody else around me will have to or they will have to remove themselves. But as for me, I will walk in step with the Spirit of God. That is who I am. I will not be blinded by the obvious, but I will be inspired by the but the fruit of the Spirit is in my life. If you are praying for someone, how many of you in here were prodigals? How many of you in here um, went your own way away from God? How many of you in here? Yeah. My husband has so many Bibles his mama, she prayed so hard for him. When we got married, he had at least seven Bibles. She just kept giving him the word of the Lord, hoping it would stick. Just, just kept giving him the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you got somebody in your life, let me tell you, there are prodigals in this room, which goes to tell you that we don't give up and we don't quit praying and we don't quit walking the way God has told us to. And eventually God is going to bring them back. There are prodigals that I am praying for and I'm not going to give up on them. So this year, if you're praying for somebody, but the fruit of the spirit is patience. The Lord is patient with us, and I'm so thankful that he is because I'm a mess, and I'm hard to handle, and I'm difficult to deal with, and so I'm really thankful that the Lord is patient, and I'm really thankful that he gives me that so that I can be patient with others. Do not give up on things this year. Can you stand where you are this morning? I want to pray over you. Is there anybody here with me who can agree this morning that you need more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Anybody in here can agree that you need some help walking in step with the Spirit? Sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit is walking as fast as Tammy Bishop down a hallway, and I'm trying to keep up, but I am struggling to keep up. We want to get in step. So this morning, God, we come before you aware of our faultiness, aware of our need. 
And Lord, today there are those of us in here who need love. There are those of us in here who today who need peace, those who need self-control, those who need gentleness and kindness. Lord, we just need you to fill us up this morning, but the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, we want to get in step with you. And this morning, God, we just ask that you would do it. He who is faithful will do it. So, Lord, we just say, can you come and get us in step Lord, as we walk out of these doors today, we know we're walking into a world that is running at a million different directions at a lot of different speeds. People are crashing into each other. And there is turmoil and chaos. Lord, I ask that you help us to walk out of here and walk so in step with your spirit that we bring peace, we bring we become peacemakers and love bringers and light bearers and that we would just begin to walk so in step with your spirit that every place that we go would become transformed and would be changed. God, we want to move with you. We want to move with you. We pray for our country. We pray for the broken and the hurting, the fearful and those who are suffering. And we pray for those who are bound up in hatred and those who are so lost. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Help us to bring you wherever we go. So, God, as we start back to this routine, back to school, back to our lives, tomorrow morning we pray that we would wake up and move in step with your spirit. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, we love each and every one of you.